What a mighty God we serve. From the book of Judges, book of Judges, chapter 3, Judges chapter 3. Again, reading, we're going to our hearing, we read verse 31. And these are the words that you find there. And after him was Shamgar, son of Anath which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox gold. He also delivered Israel. Amen. I, I want from that small and simple package, passage, I I want for a few minutes to talk about this, a, a formula for success. Formula for success. Here it is right here. Start where you are. Use what you have. And do all you can. A formula. A formula for success. If you ask a hundred people what success is, it is not inconceivable, depending on who you ask, that you might come up with a hundred different answers. Some see success and accomplishments. Some see success in possessions. Some see success in status. And some see success in achievements. There are all kinds of ways that people view success. But the problem with these definitions is that for, for the most part, they set a standard that many can never meet. Which is to say that there are some people, no matter how hard they try, who will never be successful if we use these for a standard. And then knowing God like I do, I cannot accept the idea that there are some folk who can succeed and others who will never succeed no matter what they try. I just don't believe God would do that. 
My brothers and my sisters, I believe that this text is tailored to teach us that success has to do with being used by God to accomplish God's will. And at the end of your life, at the end of your life, if you have been used by God to do what he has willed you to do, at the end of your life, if you've done what God sent you here to do, you are successful. To press my point today, I go back 3,000 years to a time of the judges of Israel. The book of Joshua, follow it, the book of Joshua ends with the death of Joshua. Joshua, you remember, Joshua took over where Moses left off. He, had, he, he took up where Moses left off, and he is the one who led the children of Israel into the promised land. But although it was the land of promise, although it was the land that God had promised them, it did not come without a struggle. If you read it back, go back and read it, you see that although it was the promised land, there were some people who were dwelling in the land. And these people had to be driven out. Under Joshua, under Joshua, the people had been faithful as long as Joshua was alive. The people were faithful to God and they were assured, as long as they were faithful to God, they were assured of God's protection. But Joshua, and, and, and during that time when Joshua was yet alive, he warned them. Look at Joshua chapter 23. He warned them, he says, that as long as they obeyed the commands of God, that God is going to continue to fight their battles. But if they turn from him, he will allow them to be overtaken by their enemies. That's simple, isn't it? You do what I say, I'll take care of you. If you don't do what I say, I'll let your enemies overtake you. But in spite of being warned, after Joshua died, they began to violate that covenant they made with God. After Joshua died, rather than, 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 than driving the enemies out like they were supposed to, they started intermarrying with the enemies. Yeah. We ain't fighters, we lovers. <laughs> they, 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 didn't, they, they didn't drive them out. They began to intermarry with them, and, and, and then they went so far as to start worshiping their little idol gods with them. Israel got so far away from God. In other words, they, they found themselves assimilating, found themselves assimilating into the culture. They, they got so far away from God that they did not even favor the people that God had delivered from Egypt. Got so far away from him, worshiping all kinds of idols and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. They didn't even look like God's people anymore. As a matter of fact, I believe the best description is given in the closing of this book of Judges. There's a description, and I believe it's the best description. It says, in those days, there was not a king of Israel, Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. <laughs> now, you know that was a mess. Everybody did what they thought was right. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. So, 
God did exactly what he said he would do. He did what he promised Joshua. As long as the people walked in obedience, he fought their battles for them. As long as they obeyed, he was fighting their battles. But when they strayed away from them, he, he would allow the enemy to overtake them. He did exactly what he said. Enemies, and they did have enemies. They had enemies from within. You remember they had married into some of that stuff. They, some of the enemies were right there in the house with them. So there was the enemy within, but the great enemy was an enemy from without. You've heard this a lot of times, that great enemy that they had. They had the enemy from the in, but the one from the out was the Philistines. That, that great Philistine army that was always wreaking havoc on the children of Israel. The Philistine, that, that enemy, that you remember if you think back, you always heard these stories about the Philistine. They would, they would attack their villages and plunder their goods and they would take their weapons and confiscate them. It was the, they were raising crops. If they were trying to farm, they would come in at, at reaping time and they would just go ahead and take the crops from them. Philistine, that they, that, 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 they, 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 were, they, were, they were a terrible enemy, and they would come in and just take whatever they wanted. You remember during that time, that, 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 that'll help you understand this time. You remember Gideon? You remember that the Bible says he was hiding in a wine press. He, he, was, he was threshing wheat, and he had to hide behind the wine press because, because he was trying to hide it from the Philistines, the Midianite troop of the, the Philistines. He, so, so it was during this time, and uh, uh, my brothers and sisters, the Bible teaches that this then, after Joshua died, was the period of the judges. That's why this book is named Judges. After Joshua died, there was no Moses, there was no Joshua. Now, this is the period where they were being ruled by judges for the first time. Israel didn't have a clear leader. They wanted leadership, and they knew they needed leadership, but, but, the, but there was a, 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 although they knew they needed it, the truth was that there was a little politicking going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moses is gone. Joshua is gone. And so they were really having a little trouble deciding which tribe the new, the new leader would come from. So it was hard for them to get that leader. So, that, so there, there was a little friction over what tribe it was going to come. So here they are struggling and suffering no clear leadership. But whenever they would repent and cry out to God, God had an answer. It was during this time that God began to put his hand on special people that we know as judges. So although there was not a Moses, there was not a Joshua, he kept raising up these judges. Look at chapter 2 and verse 14, 15 says, The anger of the Lord was hot against them, and he delivered them into the hands of their enemies, just like he promised he would. But then keep reading. Yeah, verse 16 says, Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. Now, the book of Judges, we get into the book of Judges. It introduces us to a lot of people that God chose during that time to be judges. 
Now, six of them were major judges, more, a matter of fact, more well-known judges, and then six of them were sort of minor, less-known judges. But, but these were not judges. When we talk about judges, they were not judges like we know judges. They were not sitting on a the bench. They, the only one of them that sort of did something like that was the judge they called a woman whose name was Deborah. She would sit under the tree. And she did judge between people. But the rest of them, they, they were not that kind of judge. The only one who had a judicial function was Deborah. And so the rest of the judges, the rest of them were military leaders. The rest of them were political leaders. And one of them, yeah, 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 you, you remember some of these names. One of the judges was Samuel. Samuel was a prophet and a priest. We've heard of Deborah. We've all, all of us heard the story of Deborah. She was the only woman in the group. And we've heard of a judge named Gideon. You remember Gideon is the one that got his army stripped down. He had all these folk he was going to war with, and God told him he had too many. That, that, that was Gideon. All of us, we've heard the story of Samson. He was one of the judges. He was a well-known judge, Samson. We know he was the strongest man in the Bible. These were all judges who led during that period. The one that I want to point out to us today is not one of them you heard about already. <laughs> one I want to point out to you today is not one you hear about every day. And some of y'all probably have never heard of him at all. As a matter of fact, all we know about this judge is summed up in this one verse, this verse 31. That's all we know about this judge. All we know about him, that his name was Shamgar, right out of the verse. He was the son of Anath. And he, and then it goes on to tell what he did. He, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox gourd. And he also delivered, he also delivered Israel. That's all we know about this Shamgar guy. The only other time he's mentioned in the whole Bible is the judge Deborah. When Deborah came along, she wrote something about him in a song. But that's, that's all we know about Shamgar. But in spite of his lack of fame, he didn't have a great big name. Not very well known in spite of his relative obscurity. He is the one that I want to use to encourage somebody today. Never heard of him before. Didn't do any great things. Didn't do anything that, that, that even, yeah, yeah, just one little verse. But he's the one I want to use to encourage you today. I want to encourage somebody who desires to do great and wondrous things for the Lord as soon as God puts you in the right position. <laughs> you know, folk like that, I want to do wonders for the Lord, but I'm just waiting on the Lord to fix this. I'm waiting on the Lord to put me in the right place, and I'm going to do some wondrous things. I'm talking to those who, 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 who want to do wonderful and great things for the Lord when the Lord finally gives you the right tools to work with. I want to introduce you to Shamgar. And right out of the text, he delivered Israel. Yet, his claim to fame is that he started where he was, 
He used what he had, and he did what he could. That's it. That's, that's the sermon right there. That's it. That, that's his, his claim to fame it is that he started where he was, used what he had, and he did what he could. Let me submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that this is the formula for success. This is the formula for success. If you want to be great in the body of Christ, you want to get anything done, you want to be noted, here is it, here it is, right here. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. Let me spend a moment. Then we'll go home. Let, let, let me say a word about starting where you are. See, there are many who have lofty plans and they've got all these high-minded plans as to what they want to accomplish and even what they feel led by God to accomplish in life. But, but it never comes to pass and, and, and they can never come to the, and the reason why it never comes to pass is because they never come to the place of getting started. Got plenty of plans. Got know exactly what you want to do, but it all failed because they never get started. But let me give you a word. Let me give you a word of wise counsel. Every journey starts right here. Now, that ain't that deep, is it? I don't care how far it is, how long it is. Every journey starts right here whether it's a million miles or two miles it starts right where you are if you're going to get anywhere you can't start from across the street <laughs> are y'all hearing me if you're going to get anywhere and you're in living you can't start from Lawrenceville you got to start from where you are I remember always years ago there was people just to laugh and it, you know, it might have happened, I don't know, but they were saying that there was a man who was going through Ludowice, Georgia and got lost in Ludowice. <laughs> and he was trying to find his way to Atlanta. And they say he pulled up to a man there in Ludowice and asked him, how do you get to Atlanta? And say so the man scratched his head and looked at him and said, look, you can't get there from here but if you go to Macon, you can get on 75. <laughs> Write it down. You get it when you get home. So you, you can't get to Atlanta from here, but you go to Macon. You can get there from 75. He doesn't realize, no, I can only get there if I leave from here. Whole lot of folk have made it up in their minds that they can't get where they are going from where they are right now. But look at Shamgar. Shamgar had to start. He, he had to start. He, yeah, look where he had to start. He followed, if you read the, the preceding chapter and, and verses, he, he followed a, a judge by the name of Ehud. Uh, Ehud. Uh, he, followed, he was a judge. This, this judge that he followed, he... He took out a king. 
He took out a king. He, he killed thousands and thousands of folk. He seized a whole lot of stuff. He followed a man who had a great name. He's living in a time and a place where his nation is under siege, and he's followed a very popular judge. He, he followed, he's in that time when Philistine thieves and thugs roam the streets and stealing and destroying property, and, 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 and he, he could have. Shamgar could have sat back and said, you know what, ain't nothing I can do about this. You know, I am not trained in warfare. I see what's going on, but there's nothing. He, he could have sat back and, and said, it is hopeless. There's nothing I can do. But somehow, this Shamgar guy, had the, he, he had the confidence that God was going to use him. Y'all hearing me? He had some confidence that God was going to use him to turn this situation around. But he also knew that I got to start where I am. I really would love to go and get some military training. I wish I had a little more education. I wish I knew a little bit more about warfare, but he didn't have any of that. He was an old farmer. So what he had to do was start where he was. We got to learn. We got to learn from Shamgar that if the Lord has called you and the Lord has commissioned you, he has also empowered you to do what you, don't, what you can't do right now. If you belong to the Lord and he has empowered you, uh, yeah, you don't have to wait until the right time or the right place. Uh, what you've got to do is learn how to start where you are right now. You'll be waiting from now on, waiting until you think you're ready. You got to pick up and start right where you are. He didn't wait. He didn't wait on a perfect circumstance. He didn't wait on a perfect, the, the perfect weapons and materials to work with. Are y'all hearing me? He started where he was. In the book of Judges, God placed his spirit upon his leaders in spite of their weaknesses. Y'all need to hear this. God placed his spirit upon leaders in spite of their weaknesses. If y'all don't say amen, I'll say it for myself. God, God, he, he, he placed his spirit upon leaders in spite of their weaknesses. And I have found my brothers and my sisters that starting from a place of weakness is not necessarily a bad thing. The way I got it figured, the way I've learned it, and the way I see it, God can do things in the lives of folk who know they need him. God can do greater things in your life when you know that you need him. And that yeah, He do some things with folk that know they need him and know they're weak that he can't do in the lives of folk who think they got it all together. Just rest assured, just rest assured, just rest assured, whatever... It is that God wants you to use you to do whatever it is that God wants to accomplish in you. It starts right where you are. But then the next thing, next thing I want to point out to you, next thing I want to point out to you about Shamgar is that he used what he had. Now, under perfect circumstances, you're going to war, you desire to have a sword. 
You desire to have a spear and shields and chariots. That's what you want if you're going to war. He desired all of that, but he didn't have all of that. He didn't have a sword. Yeah, but, but the one thing that he did have, he was an old farmer. He had an ox gold. <laughs> you know what an ox gold is? An ox gold, an ox gold is, a, is a long rod, a stick that has a pointed metal end on the end of it. Now, he'd rather have a sword, but he doesn't have a sword. All he got is this ox gold. Oh, y'all hearing me? This is what a shepherd used to use to get his cattle to go where he wanted them to go. That's all he had. He'd rather have a sword, but he didn't have a sword. All he had was the obstacle. So what did he do? He used what he had. Bible says, this is a read it, read the Bible. It says that with that ox go, with a stick, with a piece of metal on the end, he killed 600 Philistines. Y'all hearing this? A stick with a piece of metal on it. He killed 600 Philistines with a farming tool. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, if you will start where you are and use what you got, God will grant you success. An ox gold, a stick with a piece of metal on it. Are y'all here? It may not be much, but if you're dedicated to God's service, it becomes a mighty weapon. Let me pause here. Let me pause here and ask you a question. Let's make it real here this morning. How much of what you have in your hands how much of what you have in your possession right now is dedicated to God's service? You got it. It belongs to you. But how much of it is dedicated to God's service? Oh, 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 are you waiting on God to give you something extra? How much of what you already got are you, are you using? Are you waiting on the Lord to give you something extra so you can go on and get some work done? The problem, problem with most Christians is that they want to exercise gifts that they don't possess. I just said something like that. That's the problem with most of us. We, we see other folk doing stuff. We see giftings all around us, and we, we, we want to exercise gifts that we don't possess. But, but what I'm saying to you right now, you've got to learn to use what you got. In your hands, you you got to be able to. Y'all hear me? Let me let me say it. Let me say it another way, so some of y'all can get it a little better. You got to play the hand you dealt. <laughs> oh, you understand that? Don't act like you don't understand. You, you got to play that hand, Moses. What is that in your hand? It's it's just a rod. Are y'all hearing me? David, what is that you got in your hand? It's, well, it's just a slingshot. Y'all ain't hearing me. Widow woman, what is that you got in your hand? Well, all I got is a handful of meal. 
Little boy, what is that you got in your hand? All I got is two fish and five loaves. Y'all ain't hearing me. Two fish and five loaves. Are y'all hearing me? Y'all need to be getting my point. You will never be successful until you learn how to use what you got. So, you start where you are. Use what you got. But then here's the last one. You do all you can. This is success here. Do all you can. Get your eyes off of what everybody else is doing. Are y'all hearing me? Get, get your eyes off what everybody else is doing. and Get your eyes off how God is using other folk. What you got to concentrate on now is, Lord, here I am. Use me to your servant. God, uh, yeah, you, you got to learn to let him use you the way he wants to use you. It may not look like somebody else's. It may not look like what God is doing with somebody else, but give God your best. Y'all hearing me? I'm trying to teach you a lesson here. You've got to learn how to give God your best. The truth is, my brothers and sisters, and I'm getting ready to close, the truth is uh, when I stand before my judge, y'all hearing me? When I stand before my judge, he's not going to ask me about my operating budget. Y'all ain't hearing me. When I stand before the judge, he's not going to ask me if I kept up with the Joneses. He's not going to ask me if I use all of the latest equipment. Are y'all hearing me? What he wants to know is, uh, did you do the best? Y'all ain't hearing me. What he'll want to know is, did you do the best that you could? I don't know about anybody else. I can only talk for Richard, but when I stand before my judge, I, 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 all I, I just want to be able to say one thing. I want to hear him say, well done. Well done, thy good. And are y'all hearing me? Oh, when I come to the end of my journey. Y'all ain't hearing me. Oh, when I come to the end of my journey, I, I want to be like the apostle Paul. If Paul was here today, Paul would tell you, I, I didn't turn around the Roman Empire. They were mighty, mighty. I did all I could, but I didn't turn them around. Paul would tell you, I was not able to eradicate evil and sin from the world. Paul would tell you, I didn't get everybody saved. There are still some folk who did not know Jesus. But Paul says, uh, in spite of all of that, I fought a good fight. Y'all ain't hearing me. I fought a good fight. I finished my course, and I have kept the faith. Then here's the part I like henceforth. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Are y'all hearing me? I thank God, uh, yeah, that what you and I have, uh, we've got to realize uh, that we are involved in a warfare. Yeah, y'all ain't hearing me. Yeah, and we are not fighting to win. Uh, we're fighting to be used by God. Yeah, we're not fighting to win uh, because the truth is uh, that the battle has already been fought. Yeah. The victory has already been won. Yeah. Are y'all hearing me? Yeah. We are not fighting the end. Yeah. The real victory uh, was won a long time ago. Yeah. Out on a hill uh, called Calvary. Yeah. The battle is already fought. Yeah. And the victory is already won. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was one that Friday yeah, when he died on an orange cross when they laid him in a baritone. But here's my victory. Sunday morning, he got up from the grave crying all power, all power is in his hands. So here I am saying all of Jesus, I surrender all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily give. I surrender all. I surrender all. Yes. Somebody now sitting in the sound of my voice, sitting in the sound of my voice, and you're sitting there, you've heard the word. You really want the Lord to use you. You really, in your mind, in your heart, you want to do great things for the Lord. You want to do mighty things for the Lord, and you're waiting on him to put you in the right place. So you can do all these things. He, he's waiting on him to put you in the right place. And you're waiting on him to give you all the right resources. But I come by today to tell you, start where you are. You've been waiting for a long time for him to give you an extra power. For him to give you something so you can really do his will. I come today to tell you, start. Start where you are. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. He's calling you today. You've been, you're that person that has been waiting. And I wish I could do what they could do. You see everybody else doing all these wonderful things. You say, I wish I could do that. You need to know that everybody who's serving right now started from somewhere. He's calling on you right now just to yield to him and start right where you are. If you're here, if you're here today. Unsaved, the word of God is if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So he'll turn it all around right now. If you're unsaved, you ought to come. If you're unchurched, if you don't have a church home, if you don't have a church covering, you ought to be moving right now. All to Jesus, I surrender.